You're listening to Bottom Shelf Bitcoin. This is episode 64. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bottom Shelf Bitcoin, the podcast that puts Bitcoin knowledge within everyone's reach. As always, I'm your host, Josh Humphrey, and today with me is Hasib Awan. He is a cell phone security expert, and uh, he is CEO and founder of Ifani, which is a secure and private cell phone service. We're going to talk some about that. He also was um, the creator of the first Bitcoin ATM. Um, he's worked in um, telecom engineering and things like that. So uh, Hasib, welcome. Uh, thank you, Josh. So um, let's talk a little bit. Um, I, I wanted to talk about um, SIM swaps and privacy and stuff, but I, I forgot about this Bitcoin ATM thing. So uh, let's let's go into that a little bit before, if you don't mind, um, kind of maybe quickly go over like how you got into Bitcoin and, and, and talk to us about um, when you created the Bitcoin ATM. Sure, thank you. So uh, I got into Bitcoins, I believe, eight years ago. Uh, Bitcoin was some hundred dollars at that time. There was no Ethereum at that time. And I just got into Bitcoin, frankly, for the price point of view. Like, you know, Bitcoin was increasing day by day and it caught my attention and I was too young to invest in any asset class. So I said, okay, let's buy some Bitcoins. So I bought some Bitcoins for cash. Uh, and frankly, uh, that's about it. Like I remember at that time there was an exchange called BTCE that a lot of people may not know. And that's the time where Mt. Gox, uh, BTCE, CA Vortex, and other random exchanges uh, that don't even exist right now. So I just, you had to go on like uh, pretty much like Craigslist kind of websites where you have to buy Bitcoins from someone else. I was lucky to buy it from my friend. And once I bought it, Bitcoin went to half the next day. And that was kind of very, very disappointing. Because uh, I thought it's just like one giant scam that had been pulled on me. <laughs> and uh, so I lost like half of my money the next day, literally within 24 hours. And I said, okay, that's not fun. So after that, I just put it aside and God believe me with my life. But then, um, you know, there was Bitcoin start to rise again. And I realized, okay, man, I think we need to get back into this business. Uh, so at that time, it was super difficult to buy Bitcoin like frankly very difficult i didn't think about sending like a hundred of thousand or even ten thousand dollar to an offshore exchange that you don't even know who owns it and there were like uh, forums where say okay i got hacked from this exchange i got hacked from this exchange uh like literally there were exchanges which had no information on anyone um and now like you know you can go on exchanges they are pretty well run but at that time there was nothing so you send it to money and then I said, okay, now why not just you buy it from a chaos? Like, you know, go to ATM and just buy it. So it was a combination. Like our ATM, so the reason why we say we're first one, because we have two ways that you can buy and sell through the same ATM. Uh, and then my first call was made to Anthony Diorio, uh, which may people may not know was one of the founders of Ethereum. Uh, I think he, he was the one who put the first money in Ethereum. So then he, uh, I used to live in Ottawa. He was in Toronto, so I gave him a call. I think it was around like November 2013. And he came around Christmas time to our office in Ottawa. And we presented the ATM. And so we launched our first Bitcoin ATM on 1st of January 2014 in Toronto. 
Uh, that was the first Bitcoin ATM in in, in Toronto as well. Uh, and there I met Vitalik uh, from Ethereum, and that's how I got involved with Ethereum. And then I was lucky enough that uh, you know got into YC uh, and was was privileged and uh, you know thankful that we were able to connect with so many interesting projects. Uh, and frankly, after that, everything is, is, is history. We have like I think seven thousand locations right now. I believe EY, Deloitte, and all big four accounting firm users uh, use us. Uh, we also have a government of Canada also uses us. I presented on Senate of Canada. I'm also on on Bitcoin documentary on Netflix. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe like around those things. So yeah, after that, like you know, momentum picked up, and I said I think we have seven thousand locations now. Very cool. So, what's um, what was the process like? To I mean, did you take the exist like an existing ATM setup and tweak it from there, or did you build it from the ground up, or, or how does that? I, I'm so naive about how you know the the current infrastructure for ATMs works. Sure. So think about like you know, so ATM uh, in a basic way, like ATM is not like something that's a magical creation. Just like think about your computer with a nice interface, and then just having. A, uh, or something to accept and dispense cash. So think about you attach like a dis- cash dispenser or cash acceptor. Uh, now cash disp- acceptor could be at any kiosk or any casino and similar with cash dispenser that is an ATM. So just connect them to your computer and uh, that's about it. So that's how it works. Now with us, luckily we had a co-founder called Ryan, uh, named not Ryan, and, uh, and he was already in the business of chaos uh, manufacturing. So we used some of his early prototype that he already had, but after that we started manufacturing in Ottawa. Uh, but yeah, so we had our own design. I think we were the only one who had who made the design from ground up. But it's only because of Ryan, because he made it. Uh, you know, he that was his forte. Gotcha. Cool, cool, man. Um, yeah, I guess it is really. Uh, I'm. I kind of was overcomplicating it in my head. It's it's kind of just like a vending machine, with uh, but with cash instead. Um, so did you have like um did someone have to manually put in the like if they were going to purchase bitcoin they put in cash and then what it spit out an address or you no. did they have to put an address in or uh so we had a couple of options our team were pretty sophisticated again like the team that were around it i think uh mo adam which is current ceo of ifani too sorry a ceo of bit access he actually uh was very good in integration so uh, so what happened is you put dollars in, and yes, exactly, it will give ask you for a key for a public key. Either you have to scan it or spit out like a just like a like a random wallet, at, generate a new wallet at the same time. So both options are there, and you get like a paper wallet, uh, which was again a mess for a lot of people because people lost those wallets and then say, "Hey, can I have my Bitcoin?" I said, "No, the wallet is lost. We don't store any information." So that was like kind of a problem problem for us, and then we had to give a warning that hey, we don't have a control of this thing. Yeah. Right. So, but yes, exactly. That's what I, that's what you used to do. Very cool. So, um, I guess we can transition then into um, into the the privacy and the SIM swap stuff. Um, w- w- I've kind of talked about this with Matt O'Dell a little bit, but um, maybe just review for us like what what is a SIM swap? What does that involve? So SimSwap is pretty simple. Like I like think about it. Uh, you legitimately lost your cell phone, or you say I want to change career, and you go to a different career. And because of the FCC policy, which is the governing body of 
all the telecommunication company and we come under the same uh, regulation as well uh, uh, you know you're authorized to take your number you you own your number so like think about it you actually own the number that you have right now correct and yeah. so so what happened is that um so long story short is that uh what we do is uh what 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 we so i was a victim of that too so let me like, imagine you have a at&t and you say i want to switch to t-mobile uh you walk up to t-mobile store you give them information which is very minimal and they will transfer over the number and at that time type your period has to respond within four hours if they don't respond they will get penalized so they have to respond within four hours to see that hey this this information is correct or incorrect. So now, what happened was because this is such a facility by FCC, people start abusing it. And the reason for that is because your telephone number is more linked to more identity than a social security number. Like, think about right now, how many people recognize your telephone number rather than your social security number? I think social security number is very minimally used. Even your bank account, your Coinbase, or your any crypto exchange, or even your WhatsApp, Telegram, they're all connected to your telephone number. So what happened in, in uh, what was happening in uh, crypto space was that because it's a two-factor authentication for everything, people just came up with this low hack where they will just uh, walk into, they will just go on dark web and buy information because everyone. Um, so if you believe, so your information is being sold on dark web, and the way the way it's sold is that people who work at the kiosk generally, uh, they because they're underpaid, so they say, hey, I'll just sell you the information of hundred dollars. So not so they will sell you your personal information include your name tele like your telephone number your account number your pin number and any other thing uh which is which is getting which is super simple uh other than that your your actually billing account also have uh, your bill also have your account number on top so pretty much that's what required for account changes so you need telephone number and your account number and zip code so these three information are even publicly available. Like I, your current carrier is selling that information. So if you go online, you put information on white pages or anything, this information will pop up. Wow. So, and, and, and truthfully, anyone could go, um, if your mailbox doesn't have a lock on it, they could just go take it out of your mailbox. 100%. And again, like, you know, you don't even have to go too far because a lot of criminals don't appear in person. They do everything online. So what they can do is they can just go on white pages or any public website. Like if you put your telephone number, we're actually building a, a score for that where you can put your telephone number in. It'll tell you how much information available on you. But frankly, every company you're with, um, they are selling your information. So wow. that information gets like, you know, so criminals have running those uh, into their algorithms and then they decide who to attack and when to attack. Okay, and so then... Um... Then they take that, they, they, um, yeah, so yeah. why, let me, let me ask this. Why don't carriers require more, um, information or what, what, what stops like, so in your example, we're moving to T-Mobile from AT&T. Why doesn't AT&T say, okay, well, I need more information to, to prove that this is who they say they are. So number one, they do information. The thing is FCC regulation, right? Like FCC on, on a flip side, think about it. You genuinely want to transfer the number. You're genuinely in trouble and you want to actually move. And, uh, you know, FCC has determined that I think it was passed in 2005 by Obama, 2005 or five, that they don't need to require a lot of information. And the reason for that is purely because, um, and they, they can transfer the number anytime. Uh, it was purely, and there's no contract that, uh, just for convenience purpose, like 
think about it like you're stranded in a uh, like in minnesota right or like you know uh, austin and you lost your phone now the only information you have is your uh, is your id you know like what happens because you can walk into a store and what does person the you understand about how the tr- under trained and understaffed or like i would say uh like those guys are not equipped right uh right. to handle these kind of things so you walk in the store you, you come up you show your id right and they will issue you a new sim card now uh, i don't have to go further into like how easy it is to make a fake id you know like as a college kid like you know when people were just buying fake ids to get like some uh, like and get from alcohol and everything so in this case the attack is more sophisticated so literally you can walk into a store with a fake id and they will give you all information because either they're bribed or they are they're not very equipped to handle this kind of fraud because they are not educated enough on that and the second part is how many people right now like think about it like imagine about you or me how many people can identify a fake id yeah i'm not i'm not well versed in that so yeah so not a lot of people like you know and then it costs a lot of money for everyone to be educated on this and i tell them about tech vectors companies have much bigger issues so so i won't blame the carriers frankly and the reason for that is purely because the it's like they're mandated like ideally a carrier would say never ever move from me you know that's what they want but government have allowed them because like think about you wanted a big you you came up you wanted a new phone and a sprint is offering a new phone or some other is offering a new phone why why would not just you say hey i want it right now because the deal will expire in 2 hours so at that time you just wanted to be done immediately so so that's why the carriers are having this issue uh that they are forced by the fcc and at the same time uh, they can't implement like i don't know how many stores companies have but i think at&t may have like thousands of store like th- tens of thousands similar every carrier would have tens of thousands so even if five people work in a store uh there are like maybe half a million people that need to be trained uh, yeah wow and so so it's it's a massive industry right like you know it's about like you know why like think about it why can't we why do we need to put a lock on our, in our car technically if we have police around cops like you know, <laughs> watching us like why do you need to put a lock or why do we need to lock our doors or have like get it live in a gated community because technically that's what the taxes are for to protect us yeah but it's you don't have time to wait around for you know you're you're saying why do we put locks on our cars cuz i i don't want to the, the the cops can't be there 24/7 around watching 100%. my car so that's exactly the case with the uh, with the sim card too right uh, they are good for general public right like you know they serve a general general uh, customer who really wants is always looking for a cheaper plan so when he wants the liberty to move anytime he wants from a carrier to carrier plan to plan so that's what it is for but obviously it's being abused right now yeah and so then and then uh so this sim swap happens and then what what can what can we do with that what what can the 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 malicious person do with that man he can do a lot of stuff like you know like i don't want to go i don't want to scare people a lot but technically he can take over entire life like literally yeah. entire life and i'll give you example the first point of attack is whenever someone does it so his he has three goals number one is to hurt you financially and gain financially the second is to hurt you reputationally and the third is emotionally so i'll go one by one so the easiest way is to take away every money every piece of every dollar that you have so simple ways to get in your bank account 
and train your bank account, go into investment account, train that, or brokerage account, or the most simple is to get into a crypto exchange and take over all your Bitcoins. So that happens all the time. It's very convenient. It's very simple. Uh, happens every day. Probably will happen tomorrow. Uh, probably did happen today as well yesterday. And then this happens every day. And they believe this. they are not at risk. So, so that's the first section. Like take over everything you have. That is that's, that someone can monetize um, immediately. So then the second part they do is they go into your social media, email account, iCloud, and everything. They steal all the information that you have. So then they will hold you uh, hostage for any kind of information. So I'll give you an example. That, um, they may give it to you for, like, think about it. They may say, hey, I have control of all your emails and I have your sensitive information of your clients. So if you don't pay me this much money, I will pass this on. I'll, I'll leak this is out. A lot of data, data breaches happen. They try to negotiate with the person who's been uh, hacked and the person doesn't, uh, you know, accept the demand and that is public and obviously use your reputation over it. So we have a lot of customers who said that uh, they are forced to pay like a thousand dollars per month for the rest of their life uh, to the hacker to not release any information. And also not that the hacker also installed like extra devices on their computers. So they are also monitoring what they do. So, so this is when a very, very bad situation. Um, and the third thing is emotionally, someone may just want to screw you. Uh, they hate you for some reason. Or some people get pleasure in, in hurting other people. So first they train you financially, uh, then reputation, then they also come down and try to hurt you emotionally to screw with you. Yeah. So what, um, you know, what, what are things that we can do? I mean, obviously, um, you know, your, your company specializes in this, but before we go into that, like, are there things that people can do for free or low cost that can help protect them? Sure. So first of all, like I said, we don't recommend people switching to our solution, uh, general public at least, because uh, number one, we're expensive. Uh, and secondly, we cannot serve everyone. We only serve a very specific clientage. So 100%, we are not for like 97% of people. So anyone listening on the podcast, there's a chance that they don't qualify for our services. Uh, so that's the first thing. Uh, the second part is that uh, for free, like the first basic step is to have password on your phone. That's like the first basic step. Uh, then have uh, a two-factor authentication setup um, through an app or YubiKey or like any kind of like Google offer their own key as well. Uh, so you can buy any hardware device that you can use and data. So there are two ways to set up two-factor. And I, for public who doesn't know two-factor is basically when someone have access to your password or someone is able to get in password, uh, they need to enter another piece of information uh, that is one time and changes every every minute or so. Uh, so that's what they should do. So the easiest thing that people are using is through cell phone. They just put in telephone number and they get a code on the telephone number and that's what get intercepted. So what we recommend is that, actually everyone recommended that to have a app-based like Google Authenticator or Authy uh, as a as a software, so you can just go in there, scan a QR code, and everything you log in, it will ask you for that. That's second thing. Uh, third thing is like you know maybe not use a public computer, like you know, and not uh, or not share your computer with others. It's a very private thing. Like you know, some people, like it's not that you should have a your investment account and your kid is playing video games on the same computer too, because he may be able to download some apps that are not good. Uh, and can actually, uh, you know, hurt your uh, secure, compromise your security. 
other thing other than that what you need to do is that um, if you can afford get a hardware key the problem with the hardware key is you have to carry them around and like as good as good they look like but again I'm I don't trust hardware a lot too uh, so but they're good uh, but what I like simple is just to get a new phone and do like, get like an app like Authy or anything or Google Authenticator and use it um, and yeah so these if you do like these two three things which is pretty simple uh, which is free you may have to you'll probably avoid like 90% of the tax and other part is uh, do use a password manager so you don't reuse your passwords everywhere and then just uh, hide your Wi-Fi name um, which is again free so these things are all for free you can do it super simple it takes like maybe less than 10 minutes and you're secure from 90% of the tax yeah, that's a good one. That the last one about hiding your Wi-Fi. I forget. I, I I had a friend tell me to do that and show me how to do that. You know, a number of years ago, and I'm and I just forget that that's a thing because I do. Yeah. I I forget that that's a thing you have to tell people. Uh, let me rephrase because people come over to my house and like, do you have Wi-Fi? Y- yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. You guys don't know that like you. <laughs> I, yeah, here, let me, I'll have to manually put it in for you. But th- I'm surprised how many people's houses I go to or, or just walking through my neighborhood and I see all these Wi-Fi names and it's broadcasting. And, you know, some people put funny names on it and stuff, but but there is a setting where you, if you go into your router settings and you can just turn off to broadcast the, the name. Um, and that, yeah, that, that can do a lot for you. 100%. I think this is pretty simple. And, and the way you do it is, is pretty convenient, right? Yeah. You just uh, it literally take less than five minutes, yep. and if your friend over coming uh, coming over to your house, you can just set, ask them to. Uh, you can you can have multiple names on your network too, so you can have one for public and one for your yep. own. That's true. Yeah, and this is like simple, like man, like take for five minutes, and this will like save you from another five ten. It will increase your security five ten percent. Keep your software up to date. Uh, and yeah, and there's a lot of settings that we actually put on our website too, funny.com. Uh, if you're getting on security settings, uh, I click on a blog. We have mentioned like settings, and we believe that within 15 minutes, you can actually make your phone secure than 99% of the world. Awesome. I'll, I'll definitely put links to that in the show notes. Um, so now, have you, um, what, what about someone who says like, um, Oh, I, I called my carrier and I put a lock on my phone, uh, so it can't be swapped. Does that does that actually work? Uh, so so yes and no, right? So yes and they like yes, one uh, percent time it may work, right? Ninety nine percent it will not work. And the reason for that is working like even if the carrier have a port lock, uh, the person who's putting the lock on also have the authority to put the lock off. <laughs> yeah. Right, so think about like, and in the first place, they are the one who's getting compromised. If you go on dark web, uh, you can find people who are posting. And sometimes those people don't need this image. Every company right now, except for like probably us and like maybe a few companies who are who don't outsource their their customer service, but every company have outsourced like I think AT and T uh, staff is I think in India or Philippines or like I don't know which country, but long story short is like they are outsourced, and frankly, those people may work for like five hundred dollar per month. And if someone gives them $500 to give some information, uh, they'll gladly do that for you. So uh, so the same people who had said, uh, they will they will sell you information. It's just a matter of time and matter of cost. So that's one thing. Because uh, think about it, they are there to help. 
if you're genuinely uh, in trouble, they will come and help you out, right? Like how many times have you said, I, oh, I forgot my pin, and they say, okay, your pin is this. Yeah. You know, or you have a crying baby on the back, and hey, can you please help me out, right? And there was a research on, I think it's called uh, SMS 2FA secured uh, by Princeton professors, and they were able to hack 100% of the time. Wow. So they basically pretended to be themselves, and uh, they hacked themselves with public information. And the guy was able to, like, on one call, you may ask for one thing, another call, you ask for a second thing. Uh, so so that doesn't work. Like, you know, the reason I said, like, 1% works, like, you know, some people just give up early. Um, but it does not work. The other attack is, yes, absolutely, may you, they may be able to prevent SIM hack, uh, like SIM swap, but they cannot prevent SIM swap because uh, someone may still walk into the store and say, you know, I lost my SIM card. And inform, your information is publicly. So the same carrier who you have a connection with, they're selling your information. And not just the personal information, but also uh, a lot of employees can also, uh, can also sell your call logs, your uh, data logs, your SMS logs, and, and, and it's becoming, and you can be compromised. So to just to summarize, it does not work. It's less having like a false security that, hey, everything is fine, and which is worse than having, a, uh, you know, no security at all. Because if you don't have any security, you at least know that you're vulnerable. But if you believe you're one, not vulnerable, and then someone attacks you, man, that's the worst part. It's like you're sleeping in the in the room and someone just attacking you. So it's like, uh, it's like putting a, a lock on your door and, you know, but, but somebody out there has the key and they're totally willing to sell it or give it away. Correct. Or it would be like having a password and the, your password is password. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Or username, username and your password is password. So actually, technically, you have a password and you have a username, but it's not, not of any use. So. Yeah. Um, so are there things that someone can do if they've already been SIM swapped? Or what would your recommendation so, be? Uh, so unfortunately, when you get SIM swapped, you're exposed to a lot more information because customers now have much more information on you. So likelihood of you getting SIM swapped again is very, very high. Uh, and it could be for multiple reasons, unless you believe they believe that there's nothing that they can get out of you. Uh, I've, I spoke, I speak to a lot of people who are SIM swapped and man, their life is very, very shit right now. Uh, and the reason for that is purely because uh, they can't pay their college education. They can't... Uh, uh, many of their financing, they were divorces, they were like, uh, like their, their life were reowns, right? Let me let me just put it this way. Um, but, uh, so what they can do is, number one, like, you know, just follow the simple procedure I mentioned uh, to just compromise. Other than that, um, we actually offer like a free uh, consultation on people who have been hacked. So, and the reason for that is purely to help them out. So they don't have to purchase anything or something. We just help them in what they can do uh, and assess their risk. Um, by they can call us or email us. So uh, just for the sake of this, like just set up like basic things. And a lot of time when you're being hacked, the hackers leave backdoors in your systems or your email. And I'll give you a simple example. They may have changed the date of birth of your of Gmail, right? Or and which means or they change the questions of your Gmail. So what will happen is uh, they can get your account anytime you don't comply with their uh, with the demand. So they say, hey, Josh. I want you to send me $1,000. Josh said, no, man, F you. I don't care about you anymore because uh, I have all got my account back. But boom, you heard that you can't log into your account anymore. 
that they got excess of it. And then say, okay, now Josh, you were supposed to pay thousand dollars, you're not supposed to pay two thousand dollars now because you didn't comply with my demand. And the and the guy who's victim, he doesn't even know how to fix it. So there's nothing like ongoing hacking that they can put a malware that we cannot remove or a factory we cannot remove. Uh, but again, that's a lot of people don't know that. And they keep on like, you know, uh, trying to get out of it. And, and sometimes they get become suicidal because like frankly paying like a few thousand dollars every month is some, it's not an easy task for the majority of the world. Right. So yeah, just follow the guide. And you know, if you still believe that you're still under a threat, like you don't have to pay anyone, just call us and we'll help you for free. That's awesome. Um, have you, have you noticed a difficult, like, is it difficult for people, say someone's, you know, someone's on a family plan or like a corporate plan or something like that, you know, um, through the company they work for? Um, yeah. What do you do about that? So it's certainly a problem. Like, you know, I think 70% of Americans are our family or corporate plan. And that is actually spoiling us. Like I say, uh, internet is spoil- has spoiled us. And the, the way internet has spoiled us is like, you know, we are used to free or cheap products. Uh, by compromising our security and privacy and freedom that we are able to say, hey, let's share things. Uh, like think about it, like, you know, you may not want a roommate or you may want to not live with 30 people in one room because <laughs> you have your privacy. But at the same time, when it comes to cell phone, we don't think about it. But technically, if you have a, if you have a family plan, you can look into anyone's telephone record, right? Yeah. Which I believe is not a good thing, right? Right. Uh, uh, if you think about corporate plan, like your employer can have access to that and look at your telephone numbers, you know? So as an employee, how would you feel if your employer is looking, has a potential access to your telephone number? So it's very hard for people to imagine that. Um, and that's why, but because cheaper, so people are willing to compromise their security. But I just say, uh, freedom has always been expensive. It's not cheap and, you know, you know, like, uh, uh, you, it's not that you can just say, hey, I want to live in a detached house, but at the same time, I want to pay the prices that uh, apartment building will uh, will say. There's a reason why you have roommates or you ha- you buy, you, you can have a shared room, you can have a shared condo, or you can have a detached house. It all depends on the cost. So certainly while you are, uh, uh, you are getting a cheaper price, but technically you are just compromising on security. At that point, you just may start living on the street or living with your friends because, you know, your information is already compromised. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, have you guys noticed any, any differences since like all this, um, COVID-19 stuff and people being locked in their houses or are not really locked in their houses, but, but in, in a practical sense, you know, very restricted on their movements or, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about like, um, um, contact tracing and things like that. Does that affect you guys or have you noticed any difference in, in, um, in your realm because of that? Uh, certainly. So I'll, I'll come, so there are two questions, right? So I'll start with the first question is about the hacking stuff. Hacking event up, uh, number one, because people like people were going outside less and less. And that obviously exposes them to uh, to more attacks because obviously hackers or criminals really want to get into that, and so they have to find a new way. And as you're quarantined and I'm quarantined, or like you know, in self isolation, uh, hackers have also went underground. It's just easy for them to hack it from the convenience of their home. They don't they don't have to get on the street to 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 rob you. So yes, hacking has increased, 
uh, and cyber attacks, uh, I think every second three Americans uh, became victim last year. Uh, I'll see the numbers, but I, I believe it will be much higher than that this year um, because criminals are also current. And so that's one part. Hacking has been number one thing. If you want to call your bank, if you're getting hacked, good luck reaching out to them in two hours. And the time you reach out to your vendor and all the companies, you're all done. So uh, it's like calling a cop when you something has been stolen and you expect the cop to show up right at the time of the robbery. He may show up 24 hours after, but you know, that's pretty much about it. I remember my laptop was stolen, uh, I think in San Francisco, and I called the cop and I think I waited for like five hours, no one showed up. And I got a call maybe like 24 hours later or something that, hey, we are here. Uh, we, uh, and I said like, is this a joke or what? You know, um, the guy, is not waiting for you for 24 hours, right? Right. So, so, so that's the same thing. Yes, they will note down the report, and then you have a story, and then you can go for the lawsuit. But that has been done. So similarly, in your case, once you're hacked or something, uh, no one will listen to you. Yes, they will report a report, and you can maybe get some. Uh, you know, you may buy some tissues to cry. <laughs> but ultimately, like frankly, nothing is going to happen. Yeah. And I just tell this to everyone. Um, and because a lot of people cannot relate to that unless they are a victim themselves uh, or they achieve, they always want to save money or which I don't disagree. Like, you know, you should be looking to save money, but at the same time, not compromise your own personal security. Uh, so that's one thing. Other than that, like covert tracing, tracing is another huge level, which I believe is very wrong. Um, and right now it's very, very difficult not to be politically incorrect and say things as being a libertarian that, Hey, uh, uh, people who should be, uh, you know, like uh, people should be tracked if they have a COVID. But my question is that once you're getting tracked, right, it's very popular right now to track people who are COVID positive, I mean, positive what they have. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it's in the hand of private companies and you are not a stakeholder in that private company. So who do you think that company will serve? Uh, will it serve you or the stakeholders? And now they are tracking every move that you do. They're all tracking a lot of information that you do. And that's why you see the ads. You can pretty much uh, go on Google and Facebook and other uh, social media platforms and select the one, inf any information that you're looking for, right? And what that, what that will do, like, you know, you can say, hey, I want to have people, I talk to people who are this much, who have this much income, they, int they have interest in this. And now you're also saying that, hey, I want to track people who are meeting these people, right? Yeah. Or who went to this person concert. And someone in a private room have all this information. Uh, similar to like, you know, and and they can, they can basically, uh, you know, destroy your life. And the way companies do this is by like how we had this big scandal of Trump, uh, you know, and about how he manipulated people. But he actually didn't manipulate uh, I saw he what he did was he actually just said what a politician normally do. They, uh, they, you know, they understand what's the pulse of the crowd is and they say things that appease them. So what he did was he basically, they were able to, I think it's Cambridge Analytica, that determined what people want and just showed them what they want. That's exactly what they did, right? And rather than a politician you may care of one cause that may decide your vote, and that's what they did. So they decide, they figure out what that one so one, uh, you know, that one specific thing is, and they made sure that they show you that this is a person who's right fit for that. 
and they were able to look at demographics and like you know geographical location and just promoted their current uh, you know so uh, you, you know current manifesto and that what resonated with you so there may be 100 things that you may dislike about a president trump or joe biden or hillary or anyone but there may be one thing that you may you they well that may uh, make you like uh, trump so i'll give you a simple example for someone who doesn't believe that uh, or have absolutely no political affiliation you can just say hey we have a president who said that i'll keep america first you know it's a simple thing uh, now who as an american a patriotic american will say that, okay no america should not be first you know any president will say so they will be like so they will just target those things and they will uh, just keep it that's problem with uh, like you know kids if they are raised in a different neighborhood is that uh, if they are raised in a bad neighborhood they will adopt those habits and similarly as adult if we spend like six to seven hours on our phone and every time we are being fed information based on what people want what others want uh, we, our habits will get spoiled too maybe not today but over the time our mind is programmed to a way that we start thinking that our the way advertisers want us to think so so this is a very very bad thing and again it's very popular to say that covid 19 people should be uh, should be traced but at the same time uh, i don't believe this will end this way like tomorrow the government will start using it for their personal agenda the private company will start using it for the personal agendas and they'll say okay now it's like you know we are doing it for covid 19 but tomorrow we are doing it for um you know people who are criminals right which again is a popular agenda and okay now we want to do it for illegal immigrants just to give you an example and they say oh now we want to uh we want to attract people who are uh, like you know we believe can be criminals and there's no stopping from there yeah so so the best way to stop it in the beginning and say no anything that basically you track uh, is, is bad especially that uh, and and they're just testing the water right they'll say hey can we track this and then see how people react if people don't react okay can we track further can we track further and an easy example is like think about like having a uh, privacy is something uh, people think it's cool to talk about privacy because like you know you should it's like a, it's actually a privilege that you have a privacy like you know you can be on the street homeless and have no privacy while living in other than that you can just have a farmhouse or like a big uh, with like a big yard and literally no one within like kilometers of yours because you can afford it so privacy is a privilege now unfortunately cell phones which is the most common thing that you have right now uh, actually invades every possible uh, privacy you have so long story short uh, is that this is wrong this is absolutely inc- wrong that we should start training people because tomorrow you don't believe that they may come up with a camera that hey let's put a camera uh, you know and i think people should have a right to do that if they want to be and i said uh, i believe that we as an adult should uh, inform and should isolate and should basically take behavior that we don't compromise on someone's safety but at the same time pushing someone and tracking someone and then it just becomes a big uh, big mess yeah well we've already seen they uh i think it was minnesota was talking about um you know tracking the the agitators right they they wanted to you know whatever your your political stance on on uh, the protests that became riots and everything is, you know, we, we saw them basically say like, uh, they were, they were blaming outsiders from outside of their state for, for changing it into these violent riots. And they were saying, you know, we're, we're looking into it, we're tracking these agitators and they, they kind of slipped up in the press conference. Cause they, they said it's pretty much the same as contact, you know, as how we're 
tracking COVID-19. And so they were already using some version of this contact tracing. Um, and then, like you said, with the, um, you know, how, how customers' information gets into these, you know, darknet places, it just takes the wrong employee with access um, and the, you know, the right amount of time, the right amount of money, you know, financial incentive for them to start, you know, even, even if the, um, the intent is never to do anything bad with the information. If you get a disgruntled employee and they start selling all the, uh, you know, everybody's information or they look down and they say, Oh, all of these people are associated with this political ideology. And I'm going to share out everywhere they've been. Certainly, I think there was like recently like eBay had a scam where their employees were tracking what people are buying and then misusing that information. I think it just appeared in the news like two days ago. So, and they were saying if some, I think what happened is if they believe some vulnerable person is buying something of their personal pleasure or anything, uh, they were able to get into that and like, I think send them some random stuff or something, um, which is really bad. Um, other than that, I said, like, I don't believe, like, I just say that I may disagree with you and I hope that you don't, you, you don't like, you know, you don't say things that I don't want, I don't, that don't, I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, uh, I will, do, uh, I'll, you know, I will fight for your right to speak, uh, you know, so even though you disagree, you don't have to agree with me because tomorrow, the problem is that tomorrow I may say something that you disagree with. And if you look at us, like, you know, we are such a divided in terms of a political view, like it's almost 50-50 that uh, we have a couple of swing states, but other than that, like, you know, we have pretty much uh, equal, like, you know, for every one Trump supporter, we may have one Joe Biden supporter or one Democrat, one, uh, one that's, a, that's how politics works, that's how democracies work. And that's why America is such a big, uh, such a great country that, you know, we respect other people's opinion. But at the same time, we have our own challenges, but I said, like, if people have not compared with different countries, and that's rather than making it more political, uh, the thing is that basically it's again the human right to track someone 24 by 7 on suspicion. Right, because it's not even that necessarily they've been proven to do whatever. It's it's you're, you're surveilling someone um, on, a, on a suspicion of doing something wrong or that you don't like or whatever, yeah. Correct. And a lot of people say, hey, if not, I'm not doing anything, why should I be worried? So I just say, hey, would you be comfortable putting a camera in your washroom? Yeah. Right. Uh, like, and people say, well, like, what does he have to do with it? Right. This is my personal private space. And I say, this is exactly what my personal space is. Or would you mind, like, you know, if you're working for office, right, would you work for an employer that have a 24 by 7 camera on you or on your computer, you know? Because absolutely, while I'm working, I may open YouTube or something, and you know, like there may be something I'm watching, and maybe something that I'm reading, which is not directly linked to work, and uh, you know, it just basically makes me very, very unloyal to the customer. Because there may be some times that I'm doing overtime for the same employer to make up for the hours. Uh, but like, think about uh, you know having a camera when you go to Walmart, and Walmart or any Whole Food, and they say, hey, you can buy these vegetables at a discount. But, you know, we will monitor you by having like a, some chip in your, your in your body that will tell us how did your body react to your, this vegetable or how did you cook it? Uh, you know, but that's what happening with telecom companies too. You are, you are paying for a supplies plan, but at the same time they're monitoring and they are using that information to 
uh, to get a better result. Like, why would why do you think Gmail could be free? Why Instagram could be free? Why all these big apps because they make money by advertisement. They may make money by advertising. They they track your brain to watch some things that advertising wants you to do. Right. Yeah. If you're not paying for something, then you are the product. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Even in some cases, you may be paying for the product, but at the same time, it's still subsidized. And that's why people say, "Why well, are you expensive?" We say we don't make money off you, uh, right? We make money with you, right? So we don't make money by selling you; we make money by selling to you. Yeah. Um. Real quick before we kind of talk about eFunny, what's what about somebody who, let's say, because we, we were talking about earlier using uh, two-factor authentication apps. What if, like, are there recommendations for like if I'm using some service, some company or whatever, and they don't give me the option, right? Like some places still, that's the only, you know, SMS is the only two-factor authentication yeah. o- option that they offer. Yeah, so ideally, like, obviously, like, you know, like, I'll be biased, but like, you know, we, uh, you know, we are, we, this is our, speci- we specialize in, right, having a secure cell phone service. But while I understand, like, uh, you know, we cannot serve everyone purely because um, it's cost prohibitive for majority of the world. Uh, so, so we only serve like a top two, three percent of any industry. Uh, so you can just buy a new SIM card and have like multiple SIM cards or get name, maybe like a wipe number. Uh, there are multiple companies that will offer wipe free wipe number, like Google Voice will offer. The problem is that a lot of those numbers, the majority of the banks do not accept it. So you should have three numbers then maybe, uh, like having have like multiple wipe numbers. So some some will accept one, some will accept second, and that's the easiest workaround. Um, and those services are free. It's just a con- inconvenience, and and you know the experience is not as good, but again it works. Yeah, and I think kind of going back to what we were talking about with the with the major carriers, a lot of this comes down to um, these banks don't really want to invest the time and money it takes to. Although I don't know that that seems like it shouldn't be that difficult, but um, you know when you've got standards out there that they could just kind of plug in. Um, I'm I'm still amazed when I have to work with things that that only offer the one option, but it's like it's more like security theater. Yeah, yeah, but again, like it all depends on like if people are comfortable, right? They don't believe that their information, they are just so comfortable that they don't want to change it. And for a lot of processes, like a lot of bigger ping, uh, they have much bigger issues than this two factor, frankly. Uh, and rather than going into more details, but like, you know, uh, think about what happened with T-Mobile, uh, you know, few, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so we had someone who is actually uh, people like people have much bigger issues than two factor. Like if I give you, hey man, you should basically upgrade your operating system today. I said Josh may say that, hey, I have twenty other things to do today, and this is not the first one to do. So again, uh, long story short is that uh, yes, they should do it, uh, and it baffles me when they don't do it uh, because as you mentioned, it's so simple to do. But again, it's just a matter of priority. Right, right. Um, okay, so so walk me through like if I um, if I said okay, I've been I, I want to upgrade my phone security. I I want to um, go with eFunny. What what does that look like? So we are like a cell phone carrier. Like we don't operate our our own cell phone towers. We actually operate on one of the biggest and the best network in the US. Um, 
um, due to regulation, we can't say the name, but <laughs> I said it's like number one, right? Uh, but uh, so what happened is that uh, we just give you a new SIM card. That's our SIM card. You just put in a SIM and we take out your cell phone plan. So rather than paying your current company, you just pay us. Uh, it's $99 per month, unlimited call via text. Um, and that's about it. Like, you know, there's no upsell, there's no downsell. Like this is the only thing, one thing we offer. So rather than focusing on selling you like, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? We just focus on one thing, uh, security and privacy. We don't sell you data. We don't track, monitor, or sell you data. Other than that, we don't actually um, make money by any other thing. That's the only way we make money by selling you a plan. And what our business model is pretty simple. We just buy a plan for a cheaper price as and cheaper because we buy them in bulk and we have our own wholesale pricing and we just uh, put some security margin on top and we resell it to you. So think about like bulletproofing a Rolls Royce. So you have a car which works pretty good. Now the company is very good at uh, building those Rolls Royces or any Cadillac or any nice car. Uh, so rather than we spending time on doing that, we still say, okay, uh, we know how to secure these cars more. So we just bulletproof them. Gotcha. Okay, so you're you're piggybacking on existing uh, infrastructure and then just um, beefing up that that already existing thing. What um, you, I see on I saw on here that, or you, I think you said that too. Like you you send a different SIM card. What's the difference in that other SIM card that you send? So our SIM card is obviously proprietary. You know they will not work with any other carrier. They are like tracked and everything. They're encrypted. Uh, they have different programming. So they're different from what you go to the market. Like I'll give you an example with our SIM card. Like imagine you even walk into a store, uh, even though your phone will share the same carrier name, the store will not be able to pull up your information. So as soon as they put your information, they say, we don't have access to this information. Okay. So what, um, so then someone just needs to like, if I, so let's say I'm, a, I'm an e-funny customer. If I want to upgrade my phone, then I just need to buy an unlocked phone. Uh, yes, unlock phone, or we can help you with unlock, unlocking the phone too. So every carrier is supposed to unlock your phone for free uh, as per the, the laws. Oh, okay. So you can, so we can, we can work with pretty much any phone that's related in the last two, three years. Cool. Um, all right. So what's, so what stops? So let's say I am a, a Nifani customer and now somebody gets a hold of my information. What stops that? What stops them from um, from porting or you know doing a SIM swap on me now? Like, what what do you guys do to prevent that? Hundred percent. So this is the only thing we do, right? So if we don't do this job, like you know, we are actually bad. So now, <laughs> question is, uh, right? Like it's like you know, you 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 buy something for one specific reason and that did not work. Like it's like uh, so. So the thing is, the reason why we are able to do it well is because. Uh, so we only serve like specific people. Uh, like you don't, you, not everyone qualifies for that. So it helps us. Like you know, we are more like a boutique firm. So I'll give you an simple example. Uh, if you walk into a, a really nice French restaurant and you say, "Hey, I want my steak to be well done," you know, there's a chance that they may do it for you. Rather than you go in a drive-through of McDonald's and say, "Hey, I want my my burger to look like this," there's a very little chance they they'll do it for you. Uh, so because of our limitation, because of our like limited clientele, and so we operate more like a boutique cell phone service. We serve the top clients, so we are able to put implement uh, things in place that average carrier cannot do that purely because of unit economics and the size of the company. 
so first of all, I'm in crypto for almost eight years now. So I understand like how people will attack you. Uh, I, I'm, I won't say like I'm the hundred percent expert, but I understand like how uh, attack vectors works. And, and this is the only thing we do. Every day we think about how to prevent it. So first of all, we don't associate your name with the telephone number. So which means that your SIM does not have your name on it. That actually also reduces your spam call, so you will not get bombarded. The other thing is we don't sell your information. So that actually also reduces your risk because your information aren't there. Then we also look out for information that's compromised and we try to deal that as, as, as much as possible. Uh, so this is uh, three, four things that we do. Um, other than that, uh, what we have is like, you know, we actually, uh, yeah. So one other thing we also do is we actually put a protection on your, on your phones. So your phone can only be linked to a SIM, specific SIM card. So even if you remove SIM card, it would not work um, from your phone. The other thing that we do is one other thing uh, we also do is we put a lock on your SIM card. So as in, if anyone says, "Hey, on switch," like we do receive, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, requests from time to time that, "Hey, I want to report this number." We have put an automatic block on every number. So any number that's on network is permanently blocked. So say that, now say that again. Yeah. So you can like it's, it's a port lock. Like every SIM has been locked. Okay. So which means that we just say this is uh, this number cannot be ported. We just put it put it put it in a state that uh, no one can lock them. Now how so how are you able to do that if the if the law says that you have the the right to move your number? Well, we have some clear secrets, right? Okay. So <laughs> yeah, but I but I'll just give you a simple example. Like uh, the law says that you have to properly authenticate a person. You know. And um, there's some workarounds. It's just that it costs so much money to do that that a lot of average cost, average company cannot put in place. Right. Okay. Uh, like yes, the law may say that you cannot have a, a patio, right? But that law may be applicable to McDonald's. But if you if you have like a small st- a store, right, you may be able to accommodate your customers better. So the so the law. So we still work with the law. We don't violate any law. It's just that the way we do things is slightly different. But again, that's where our, some of the secrets come in. Okay. Um, and and in the, in the end, we also have a five minute insurance policy. So if something goes wrong, uh, we actually have a insurance policy too. Nice. Um, and I see on here, like if you, uh, you've got like a, a cool off period as well for, for someone who wants to. Yes. Yeah, so we authenticate, like, you know, like I'll give you an example. A company can make sure that they authenticate a person properly, you know, uh, as I said. So we go through maybe like 10, 12 processes to ensure that this is actually the customer. It costs a lot of money and it costs a lot of inconvenience for our customers when they have to switch, but we say we are never apologetic about security. So we believe that if someone's tried to port over the number, he's, he has been compromised personally. So we say, hey, up to 15 days, we'll go through a process of how we, we manage to take, uh, you know, trade off. Like in some cases we have their contact with a lot of information. So if their lawyers have to like, you know, uh, say yes to it, that, Hey, I actually believe that this is, uh, this is how it should work. This is how, uh, we, I authorize this transfer. And then we have to send them a mail, physical mail. Uh, we have to send them an email. We have to like get their consent through them directly through three other friends or something. So. So it becomes the it becomes the issue. 
right? So it's not a simple thing to do. Gotcha, gotcha. Let me ask you this, um, because and and I've no, you know this isn't uh, a secret. I've I've talked about it on the show before that you know my day job is I'm a nurse, um, and I know that um, healthcare is is and, and especially you know even with this COVID thing, right? We've had this expansion of um, telemedicine, telehealth, remotely working. So now you've got. Um, a lot more information, especially private healthcare information, passing back and forth. Um, is there anything that you've seen in regards to that, or, um, um, or or any experience you've had with that? You know, I, I think, and you and I kind of talked about this the other day. Um, that I found out apparently that there are certain uh, professions, certain jobs that. Um, because of the nature of your job, they're, they're publicly searchable, right? So someone can actually look me up and see if I've had like, um, offenses, um, yep. you know, recorded, you know, and that's in the interest of public health. I'm, uh, you know, we could, that's a whole different conversation of whether I think that information should be out there or not. Um, I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I just, that's a whole different conversation, but based on that, there is a certain amount of my information that's out there for public record. And, um, you know, I got, I got put on one of these like mass mailing lists, uh, yeah. text message lists. Um, and I, you know, and I asked the the person like, uh, you know, it was, it was asking questions of nurses to do with COVID stuff. And I said, how did you even get my number? <laughs> you know? And they said, Oh, look, it's a, it's a matter of public record. And uh, that kind of freaked me out. Like I wasn't aware that that was a, that was the thing that my, my information was just out there. Yeah, so I think it's like with every major company, frankly, uh, like if you look at a contract that you have with Carrier, it actually states that uh, they, are, they will sell, track, and monitor your call logs and everything. And and they are able to sell it and they're able to share and distribute that information too. So they actually do it. Like, you know, you signed up for that. Um, actually, medical records are the most valuable records in on dark web. I don't know if you know that. Like an average record sells for 60 cents and medical records uh, of a doctor are sold for $2,000. Wow. Uh, our biggest customers are actually doctors more than crypto. Uh, they have multiple uh, trades that, um, you know, that impact. So I'll give you an example, like a doctor anywhere in the U.S. is a high net worth individual. You know, their income is generally regardless of which state they live in, regardless of wherever they are. Like I'm just taking my general stance, right? Right. So you can pretty much look at who graduated in the last 10 years and find a list of where they're posted, right? And then you can attack based on that. So doctors have a couple of like, you know, common traits. So number one thing is that they are, um, so yeah, so number one thing uh, that the doctors have is that they actually have a, uh, they are busy generally and they are high net worth individuals uh, and they're not as tech savvy. So they become prime target of any kind of attack. Uh, we actually had Dr. Varan on our website, on our, our webinar, I think two weeks ago, where he discussed about how you, he had identity theft uh, and how he was able to, he was uh, like his entire, it actually hurt his career a lot as in terms of personal finances and emotional. Uh, so, yes, so so coming back to the point of like doctors, uh, man, uh, it's actually not just doctors, but lawyers and, and other people too. And hackers, are, once they're able to get attacked, like, you know, they may get into patient information, but more than that, they must personally attack you. And because they understand that a doctor may not find out for like a couple of weeks what happened to them. 
and by the time it's all gone. So easiest people to attack in US is the doctors. Easiest people. Hmm. That's kind of scary. But 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 you're right. Like I because um uh they're 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 busy doing you know their job and they don't like um I I worked in a in a healthcare facility previously that and I, I was there and uh, would probably say that I was one of the more tech savvy people outside of the IT department right and so yeah. I I was uh, unofficially in charge of helping a lot of people navigate a transition between charting and documenting systems and it was a pain and nobody wanted to deal with it and and it you know it put all the doctors in a bad mood having to to learn this new system and uh, uh, because they just they they were concerned i mean and rightly so right like they didn't want to waste their time having to learn this new thing when they were not being able to spend time you know with their patients and things like that so uh i, I see what you're saying and, and that makes perfect sense then that uh th- that would make them targets because um they're not going to spend time necessarily thinking like oh i'm i'm the target of attack i need to make sure that my um you know my opsec and my um digital security is all in place Certainly. So that's like the number one problem that happens to the doctor, right? That's why they get compromised. Uh, so in our case, uh, and like doctor has been number one. And frankly, like I said, I told you about the record thing, $2,000 per customer record. So if you find a doctor record, uh, it's all information. And the other part is like, you don't like your doctor. So, so if I go to my, if I may make an account on like Gmail, I may change the date on my Gmail. I may change a different name. I may do something else on my Gmail account or Facebook account, but when I go to doctor, he has all the right information. I don't tell uh, wrong information doctors. They have my social security number, they have my, uh, you know, my insurance number, they have my date of birth, my current address. Like, I think the first record that you update, if things go wrong, is your doctor record. Like, like think of whenever you change the address, the first thing you probably change is your doctor, uh, right, doctor record. Right. The doctor always has an up-to-date record, and that's why people uh, like uh, having buying record. And if, think about it: if your record can be criminal or buying for two thousand dollars, what damage can they do to you? Yeah, like the, there's there's got to be a return on that investment. If he's if he thinks it's worth two thousand dollars, then he's uh, assuming that he can get a lot more out of it. Hundred percent. Whose pocket does it come out of you? It your pocket. Yeah. So like, if someone is paying $2,000 for your record, so why not just secure to a secure, uh, like, you know, move to a secure service that guarantees you any losses? Uh, you know, it's not worth paying, like, you know, saving the $10, $20 over your cell phone plan and to compromise the entire security. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's something that, that actually in the last few episodes on this show, we've been, we've been talking about is various aspects of security and privacy and, um, and the trade-offs and that, um, you know, we think, um, it's like you were saying earlier, right? Everybody wants to save money. We all want to do things as cheaply as possible, but at some point, like, wouldn't you be willing to pay the convenience charge, um, to, to not have all of your information out there, not have, the risk, all of these things. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but that's what I say too. Like, you know, don't compromise on your security, frankly. Uh, especially cell phone, like, you know, you can cheap out. Like, it's like driving a car and you say, okay, uh, you know, the only only money I'll save on my car is probably not servicing my engine or like not spending money on my brakes. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. There are like, people that do that. Do. There are people that do that, and I and I see them on the side of the road, unfortunately. Hundred percent, that happened. And friends that like that happens uh, very very commonly, and we hear about like I at least get like three to four calls per week uh, on like people who have been compromised and say, hey, can you do this? So a lot of cases we are able to save them, but some cases they, we can't save them. Like you know, it's a case that's beyond fixation. It's like as a doctor, right? Like some people may show up to your clinic with, uh, well, uh, there's no hope for them to recover. But if I someone, if you see someone earlier on in the stage, you may be able to rec- help them out. Yeah, yeah, we. Um, this is good. You know, it's it's um, both in your like your privacy and your security, but also your personal health, like prevention. Actually, so many areas in life. Like if you if you take the time and you prevent things earlier. Um, it may cost more upfront, but you usually end up even saving money on the on the back end by preventing uh, disastrous things. Hundred percent, as well, man. Like you know, there's nothing like you know, like you can save money by drinking. Uh, it's like living in the street, right? But at the same time, <laughs> this is not what you are supposed to do. You're supposed to have a decent life. And cell phone, I said, like I, I think I use my cell phone at least like six to eight hours per day. I don't know about your, but that's like average time nowadays. Yeah. Uh, maybe three to four hours. So something that you spend like, uh, it's just like also like a difference of like get, having a bad mattress, right? Unless you have slept on a good mattress, you don't see the difference. Yeah. Because you believe the world is like, that's like, you know, uh, people who say this, like, you know, when they move to our service, that's where we really, we show them that, hey, uh, this is the difference between a good and bad mattress. Gotcha. Yeah, I... I don't know. I've never, that's probably one of those things that I should do, but <laughs> I've just gone with whatever mattress. Yeah. But I'm just saying like these yeah. are small things, like similar for cell phone plan, like, man, if you go on Twitter and you look at our reviews and everything that people say, man, the difference of day and night, Yeah. Uh, the voice quality is much better. Uh, they don't have to, they can sleep better because they know they will never be hacked. They will never be sold. Uh, the spam call reduces uh, and they have insurance policy. So everything is so, so, so good. Um, that we don't have to like formally market our product uh, and spend money on there, while we can get a lot more customer by inbound only. So, is there like a um, I don't know how you would do this, but like, is there some a, a way that someone could try your service without um, so, you know long term? So, yes, we do offer like a sixty day money back guarantee. So, which means that if and there's no contract. So, if you switch to our service and you believe that. It's not for you. You technically get like two months of free service. You know, uh, the only warning to that is like everyone who switched never switched back because they loved <laughs> it so much, right? So that's a warning. But that's why we compromise. Like if someone says, "Hey, I want to test it for ninety days," we can even give it for ninety days, not a big issue. You know, and how which mobile service will say, "Hey, try it out for like ninety days," right? None of and them. we'll give you a money back guarantee, right? Uh, because we believe that you once you switch, you will like it so much that you will never ever go back and. Uh, to to whatever service that we're selling, like the feature, the experience, and everything is so good. Do you now? You said you you give them a new SIM card. Do you change the number, or do the people no. keep their same number? No, they generally keep the same number. We actually recommend them keeping the same number because if they want to have a as a second number, it actually makes them more exposed to a lot more issues. Gotcha. Okay. So they keep the same number. It's just that they keep the same number the quality of service will improve and they're more secure that's all yeah so technically like think about it like you know two three months of free service 
um, and works really well. Yeah, that's a that's a hard uh, that's a hard deal to beat. Yeah, like which company you deal with, company will say, hey, we give you like 10, 10 days off policy. We say no, use it unlimited. Do whatever you want to do, and we'll take we'll give you all your money back if you don't like it. That's uh, that's, that's pretty impressive and uh, hard to beat there. So, um, yes, purely because we understand our product works really well, so we don't have any any. We have hundred percent faith in that people will be satisfied. And if they are not, right? Like you know, I, as I said, we are not for everyone. We are only for the top two three percent. So, uh, and if we don't work, it's perfectly fine. We will still have them out. We have a guide for, and I share a lot of tips that people can do for free too. Yeah, and I, uh, uh, your your website has a lot of good resources on it as well. I was kind of digging through, so um, yeah. I'll I'll definitely put links in the show notes for that. Sure. All right. Um, well, Hasi. This has been good. We're we're a little over an hour here. Um, anything sure. else? Anything else you want to say? Or um, and then like, how can we keep up with you and in, in uh, your company? And and you know, where can people go to find out more? Ifani dot com is the best place to go. Our Twitter handle is Ifani. Facebook page is Ifani. Like everything is same with Ifani. Our telephone number is eight double five double Ifani. Instagram Ifani. So pretty much everything is the same name. Uh, so that's the best part. Uh, other than that, like, you know, we have a guide on the internet, like people watch it. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. Well, awesome. And I, if they want to reach out to me, hasibadefani.com is my email address. Well, very cool. Um, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. This has been a good talk. Sure, no worries. I hope you liked it. And, you know, uh, good talking to you too. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Bottom Shelf Bitcoin. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to my interview with Hasim. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily saying you should go and um, use Ifani, but they definitely have a good blog um, with some resources on there. And and like he said, you know, if you take precautions, um, some of the precautions that we talked about, like um, turning off the broadcasting of your SSID on your um Wi-Fi network and setting up two-factor authentication on all these services and stuff like that, you're going to be far more protected than a lot of people. doesn't mean SimSwap can't and won't happen to you, but you're going to be in a much better place than a lot of those people, and that's even outside of using their service. So, um, you know, at least check them out um, and um, consider some of the stuff that he was talking about. And um, you can follow uh, Ifani on Twitter and, uh, and Hasim as well. Um, and then obviously you can, um, follow me on Twitter at bottom shelf BTC and, um, keep up with, uh, the content I'm putting out. And if you want to support the show, you can go to bottomshelfbitcoin.com slash donate, or you can go to bottomshelfbitcoin.com slash kids book. If you want to purchase, um, use my ref link to purchase Tuttle Twins books. Those are books about free market economics and liberty and, those kinds of ideas and um doesn't change the price either way but it gives me a little kickback and um and they're good books for you or for your kids or for strangers or whoever just you know run up to random people in the parking lot at the store and give it to them that definitely is a good way of making friends but make sure you wear your mask when you do it no i'm just kidding 
right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. As always, you should, um, you know, I kind of did this bumper out of order, I guess, because um, I usually say this stuff before, but um, subscribe so you don't miss any of the future episodes and, um, you know, share it out with everybody, you know. All right, for Bottom Shelf Bitcoin, I'm Josh Humphrey. Thanks for listening. <laughs>